I will begin momentarily. Keep it locked in right here at TonyBasilio.com and on your Tony Basilio app. And hey, do us a favor. Spread the word. Soy Antonio on a Tuesday, ladies and germs. It's a beautiful day to be alive and well with you. Hope you're having a great day. It is a beautiful day in my world. A little warm outside. We're playing, uh, Fountain City Ramblers are playing down at uh, Calhoun's on the River. Saturday night, and I was just looking at the advanced forecast, and man, it has gotten hot, and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And wow. So I guess it should be. A friend of mine said, Tony, quit complaining. It's summertime. So it's a pretty good way of putting it. Speaking of summer, John Adams continues his summer observance by avoiding us like the plague. So there will be no John Adams on today's show, despite what Laura has on your screen right now. Because we, we communicated not at all regarding that. She didn't know that, so in all fairness to her. We will have a guest on your TLD Logistics Hotline coming up. And uh, we will be talking here um, in a few minutes. We're going to go way down south, way down the Mexico way. Actually, no. But we're going to be visiting um, coming up here in a minute with Graham Hall, Gainesville son, who we've known, we've loved all these years. Really good dude. And we're going to talk about Florida with him. You know, uh, Tennessee's in a dogfight with Florida right now for this Billy Amick guy whose father was a NASCAR driver, pretty darn good player. This Billy Amick guy, if Tennessee could get him, they've already done their fair share of damage. That's all you got to do in this thing is do your fair share of damage. You know, the thought I have is uh, they picked up a closer yesterday. What if, like, I don't know, in a perfect world, right, Chase Burns called him up and said, hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, what if he came back? I mean, what would that look like? Just give him the trophy. I mean, they're adding some power here. The Vols have added that power catcher, power pitcher. It'd be a lot of fun. Toby Awaka continues to go off before the team goes off early August for Italia. We have a lot to discuss today, though. One of the things I want to get into on today's show, you know, we got the laughing yesterday. It, it seems so long ago, right, the Butch Jones era, but it really wasn't that far ago, far or long ago. And I may want to go back and dig through some of Butchie's greatest hits in honor of John Adams not being here. Because sometimes when I'm talking to Adams off the air, those of you who know him, he's got like this wicked sense of humor, but he also has kind of a one-track mind where when he gets something in his mind, he just talks about it over and over again. God bless you, John. We love you. And he and I, off the air, have gotten on some great Butch Jones riffs. And fans always bring up things. Cinco brought some Butch Jones-isms up. And one of the callers, I think it was Freddie Jack, brought up some really hilarious Butch Jones-isms, some things I had totally, completely forgotten about. So I might want to do a little bit of that today to laugh and giggle. The other thing I want to get into is the greatness of the Sotani guy and how... He's so great, you almost take it for granted. I was talking with a friend of mine last night who basically gambles on baseball night in and night out. 
He said, Tony, what you have in Otani is you have a guy who's a top five hitter in the game and a top 20 pitcher in the game. He said, now, ordinarily, a top 20 pitcher in the game would make trillions of dollars. A top five hitter in the game, I mean, take his numbers. You want to look at how great this guy is? Take his numbers and look at him against Ronald Acuna. And, and baseball's got, Major League Baseball's got an issue, which is somehow, and we'll talk about this, they've become sort of a faceless deal. Major League Baseball has somehow become a faceless deal. And the other night, as I bring Matt J, TGMD, the great Matt Dixon in here, a.k.a. Matt J. Dixon, who Lynn J was here for about two weeks. Matt, you've lasted longer than Lynn J. Hey, Matt, check this out. The other night, game three of the College World Series, most watched ever on ESPN. That sport is exploding, Matt, in popularity. And the 16-game tournament averaged 1.65 million viewers, which is a 48% increase from last season. Matt J. Up 50%, Matt J. Up 50%. And the other night, the Game 3 averaged 2.86 million viewers, topping the previous average LSU-Texas in 2009, 2.76. Games 1 and 3 were their most uh, watched in their respective placement in the series and series history. And Game 1, which was won by LSU, averaged 2.745 million viewers. It's insane how popular... Uh, college baseball is becoming and to put it in perspective for you when you look at its major league counterpart games one and three drew a larger audience than every mlb game through the first three months of the regular season according to sports media watch the only game so far in 2023 on television to draw a larger audience than the college world series game the other night was Japan versus U.S. in the championship game of the World Baseball Classic. Hey, Matt, if they keep this up, college baseball is going to be at the top anyway. It's going to be pretty healthy. They keep getting those kinds of numbers on television. Yeah, and hopefully Tennessee stays as one of those kind of mainstay elite programs as well. Don't, don't, that, you, don't, you know, Tennessee's kind of come on strong here at the at the perfect time, um, but the the sport is kind of exploding and growing thanks to streaming, and with Tennessee kind of you know the dynamic head coach and, and the personalities, it's it's made for a good a good a good match and, and a great time for for Tennessee baseball to to kind of have the reemergence. And by the way, when it comes to Major League Baseball. If you try to watch a team and you don't do what I do, which is get your favorite Chinese, like I call them the Chinese streams, no offense to me. Trying to watch your favorite team now, you need like five packages, especially if you live in those markets, what they've done to these fans. Major League Baseball, and then, Matt, don't even get me started on this balanced scheduling across both leagues where nothing's special anymore. 
Are you enjoying the new schedule, Matt? Because I find it idiotic. I don't know what they're going for, but it's not working. Um, not a huge fan. Uh, haven't really kept up with it a ton with Tennessee still playing, but you know, I'll be, I'll really start. <clears throat> excuse me, start uh, following the Astros really closely uh, now, and especially after the All Star break. But no, it, you make a good point about it being difficult to watch games. So if, if you don't have that MLB TV package. It's it's literally all over the place. And you don't know where it's coming at you and how it's coming at you and where it's coming from. But on the other side, and Matt, we'll talk about this. Graham Hall is going to join us, Gainesville son. We're going to break it down scientifically with him. We're going to break Florida down scientifically with him as we continue our preview of the teams on Tennessee schedule this fall. It is your early summer on-air football almanac, and uh, we are joined by, as we break it down scientifically with you, Graham Hall, Gainesville Sun after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at GarbageManInc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644.
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you on the one, the only, the show of record. Joining us now, the great Graham Hall, who I love talking to, uh, his perch from in beautiful Gainesville, where he holds it down. We were just talking off the air about this college baseball thing, and 
Graham, I was looking at those TV ratings that that World Series just did, and they broke just about every record. And You know, I guess at the end of the day, like, we decry the transfer portal here with what happened earlier in the week with um, Chase Burns here in Knoxville, and you've seen it down there in, in Gainesville with the quarterback uh, walking out the door before he ever arrived. And, you know, the truth is that these sports have never been more popular, though we have this um, – Though we have this deal going right now, yeah, it's quite fascinating. I think that you, in a sense, have some fantastic storylines throughout college baseball. The amount of parity one, it very similar to basketball. If you ask me, men's and women's basketball, where really after the addition of the transfer portal with with NIL with COVID, the combination of all the factors, players getting five, six sometimes seven years if you're a quarterback in Athens, you can end up being in school until you're 24, 25. And that level of competition, that level of parity, where really you can have 17 to 25-year-olds competing, contributing, I think it's quite fascinating. And it's led to, in my opinion, uh, a peak of competition that we haven't seen before in college athletics from, like I said, college football, which is going to yep. be an expansion to the college football playoffs, the NCAA tournament, where you're seeing, I think, some of these fantastic teams that, like I said, have so much depth and have added to the transfer portal mm-hmm. and have really put the onus on freshmen to come in and compete right away if they're going to be at a Power 5 program. With all that said, you're seeing so much impressive athletics, and we saw that in Omaha, and the amount of talent there from the number one potential picks in Dylan Cruz to Wyatt Langford to maybe next year in Jack Caglione. That was a riveting thing to watch if you were a fan of baseball. It's kind of like a Game 7 in a World Series in my mind where those games really were going to come down either way and determine who was going to win that College World Series final. It was fantastic to watch, if you ask me. And and the sport's loaded now. Like, I, I was talking to Tony off the air about that deal, you know, there is parity because there's always going to be kids that end up at schools, at least for a couple of years, who are very good players. Like there's a lot of great college baseball, very good to, to very good. Put it this way, college baseball players. The great ones probably going to get picked up or picked off by the top schools in the Southeastern Conference. But it's made for a really intriguing product, and the transfer portal. I guess it's allowed. Graham, the the rich to get richer, and Tennessee just wants to play in that bunch now. Uh, when it comes to baseball, and they're they're ready to do a hundred million dollar stadium deal, so apparently they're going to play in that. And you know, it's just a fascinating time. Let's look at the Florida Gators for a second here. Um, in terms of this season, what are expectations? from folks like you that follow it closely? We're talking about the football season? Yeah, let's go to football. Yeah, That is just a, a fascinating question for, uh, I think, Florida fans because I think you could see a path to either five wins or maybe eight, nine wins, realistically. I, I think that so much of the conversation is always focused on who's going to be the quarterback at either one of these programs, both mm-hmm. Tennessee and Florida. And, and, and while I think that's absolutely an important question, it, it all comes down to what they're asking each one to do. I, I think that a guy like Joe Milton is going to be asked to do a lot more 
potentially as explosive as that backfield is there in Knoxville, he's going to be asked to do a lot more than a guy like Graham Mertz is going to have to do within Florida's offense. The Gators are going to throw the ball, make no mistake about it, but it just comes down to, in my mind, how explosive the Gators can be in the run game. I mean, they reloaded along the offensive line. There's a few questions there with whether they can get a guy like Micah Mazuka fully ready for the start of the season on August 31st. But you look at that team, they're going to run the football, you know, 30 times a game at minimum. That is going to be how Billy Napier looks to find success in the ground game. I think Tennessee is going to look to air it out a little bit more. But for Florida, if they can run the football and the defense makes the leaps that many expecting them to make here in Gainesville, they reloaded along the interior of the defensive line. Cornerback has some depth. Corey Raymond is coaching the entire secondary right now from the cornerbacks to the star position to the safeties. They added in the transfer portal. They got R.J. Moten recently out of Michigan right after spring. They have two promising freshman guys from last year coming back, now sophomores who are looking to start in Kamari Wilson and Miguel Mitchell. This is a team that defensively should be improved, and if they can run the football, like I said, it minimize game-changing mistakes. Not to discredit Anthony Richardson in any way, but he made a few plays last season that really took Florida out of the game. Billy Napier is not a guy who's going to go out there and look to you know gun it down the field and run this up-tempo offense in front of the time. He's a guy that if, if he falls behind a couple touchdowns, it's going to be hard for his teams to come back. And when Florida had those self-inflicted wounds last year, that really hurt Florida. So if they can avoid those this season, run the football. I mean, there's a pass here to nine wins, eight wins, guys, even as daunting as this schedule is for Florida. I mean, they're going to play six teams that are going to be ranked within the top 25 this season. Tennessee should be one of them. It's going to be grueling for Florida, but if they can get some luck on their side and manage to run the football efficiently, this is a team that, that could be a dark horse uh, team to, to win eight, nine wins, if you ask me. It would be a hell of a coaching job to win nine games against that schedule because you've got Florida State on that schedule, we know at the end of it. They pick up Miami as well, which is sort of insane. Even though Miami isn't what they used to be, they're still formidable, uh, especially for where Florida finds themselves right now. Obviously, Tennessee's on that schedule. You were talking about that before. Uh, Georgia remains there. Because I'm going to ask you about the 24 schedule. What else is there? What are, what are the other two big ones? Well, yeah, having to face Miami next season, that's, that's actually for Florida. Oh, that's next season. I'm sorry. Year yeah. three. I mean, if we want to get ahead of ourselves, honestly, if Florida ends up going, say, five and seven, six and six even this year, you talk about long-term for the Gators here. You know, you look ahead at that schedule, yeah. how much has been blown up about it already. Texas, Texas A&M, guys, 11 power five teams on Florida's 2024 schedule. I mean, talk about the pressure that Billy Napier could be facing if they don't have an eight-win, nine-win season this year. It's going to put a lot of pressure on next offseason. But this year, the big one is they got to head to Utah. I mean, Utah oh, yeah. looking for revenge after coming to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium last year, and the Gators managed to have that you know game-changing interception at the end. Anthony Richardson leads Billy Napier to the first victory for Florida head coach over a top-10 team at home impressive for florida but now you're going up to utah salt lake city in a 
early game, a Thursday on August 31st here. It's going to kind of affect their preparation. You're going to see the start of fall camp be a little bit earlier. I'm thinking it's going to be on July 31st. They're going to announce it July 30th, even here, because you want to get that full month. But this is a team that uh, several questions, certainly, and the schedule is daunting. Tennessee early in the season, like you said, they got to play Florida State at the end of the year. Got to go to LSU, have to play Arkansas. It's going to be a daunting slate for Florida, absolutely, here this season. Really, two, two FCS games, but like I said, six games against teams that should be ranked in the top 25 this season. If Florida manages to not be much improved from last year, it could be pretty ugly in this. So. Yeah, you said five. I mean, potentially that could happen, right? Like if Mertz is kind of a disaster and he can't even keep the car in the middle of the road, I mean, that, that could happen. It's realistic, absolutely. You look at Florida managing to absolutely, I hate to say it, you know, strike out, but they were looking to add two quarterbacks aside from Graham Mertz this past offseason. Jaden Rashada, a highly touted freshman that many expect to be able to play early in the Power 5 level, heads to Arizona State, where, I mean, look at that program, a history of having freshmen come in and play early. You look at what Jaden Daniels did as a freshman, broke all those records, out there at Arizona State, and now he's out there uh, in, in, you know, Baton Rouge trying to help LSU build on what they did last season. So, you know, Florida in able to, in their inability to add two freshman quarterbacks, the first one in Rashada, and the latest one, which I'm sure you all saw, Austin Simmons flipped from Florida, reclassified from the 2025 class to the 2023 class and is enrolling not at U.S., but at Ole Miss, I mean, that was another hit to Florida's hopes to add a highly touted quarterback within that room to go along with Graham Mertz and Jack Miller. That definitely hurts, guys. Absolutely. You know, Florida's going to have to find some way to recover from that. They have B.J. Lagway committed for the class of 2024, who will be here in January. But right now, if, like you said, Graham Mertz, is not the option. If you go to Jack Miller, I don't think that you're going to see a massive elevation aside from maybe minimizing some mistakes there and, and letting Florida run the ball with Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, who, in my opinion, are two of the best running backs in the SEC, and I think they'll show that this season. So certainly, like I said, to start this conversation, so much of the conversation on a guy like Graham Mertz, but if he can just minimize the turnovers and Florida can run the football effectively, and often, this is a team that, like I said, could surprise some people this season. Florida fans, how are they? And obviously, you over at 247 Sports now, Graham, and congratulations, by the way. But how are folks um, there dealing with the fact that they used to be a household name, and now they're going through the valley? We saw that here at Tennessee. It's hard for fans on the front end to come to grips with what they need to come to grips with. How are they doing that there? And how are they doing in terms of the relationship with the Billy Napier regime and the amount of pressure that people are putting on him? Are, are folks being honest about where they are right now and honest toward him with the expectations? Or are they going to turn it on him? Because here's the thing I'm thinking, just thinking out loud here. They're so used to being a dynamic kind of it team in that sport and that's just not his style of play Graham. yeah it's very fair i think under dan mullen 
you had this dynamic offense, but the defense was, I'll be blunt, so bad at times that Florida had no chance in a lot of those games, even when Kyle Trask went out there and threw for 400 yards. A dynamic offense is absolutely one way to win the game, but as you've seen, you need to have a complete approach. You need to have the ability to consistently assess your coaching staff, which is, I think, if you look at the loyalty to the previous coaching staff, staying with Todd Grantham throughout the entire Dan Mullen tenure there, that's not necessarily what you want. So I think a lot of fans who do pay up close attention, which certainly a lot do, over at Swamp 247, and if you're looking to join the 247 Sports Network right now, you can get a 50% off promo. It ends tonight for an annual subscription. Just got to plug that real quick. You can get Paramount Plus with that as well. It's a really good deal if you're looking to get in-depth information. Those who follow in-depth right now and are following the Florida program, though, I think are starting to believe more in what Billy Napier is selling. A lot of people who follow recruiting, are starting to see that this coaching staff is doing all the right things from getting top prospects to campus to you look at this upcoming 2024 recruiting class, which of course could change if Florida goes out there and finishes five and seven next season. But you look at this recruiting class right now, currently tied for the number three overall class in the nation on 247 sports team recruiting rankings. That is incredibly impressive. The Gators landed seven highly ranked prospects in the span of 55 hours last weekend, and they continue to build on that heading into this non-contact period that's going to extend for the next month to July 25th. So those who are paying attention to recruiting are feeling really, really good about right now about what Billy Napier is building at Florida. Those who I think are looking more long-term at what Florida has done, the regurgitation of coaches, so to speak, the, the cycle, the inability to find that next Urban Meyer, Steve Spurrier, that I think has led to some apathy, some frustration, some, I, I think you can call whatever you want, some sadness, anger. Certainly the amount of competition the SEC has added continues to add. The parity, as we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, extends not just from baseball, but to football as well, when you factor in NIL, all these things, that I think has led to some understanding for how it's going to be tougher to build a program up. You're going to need facilities, elite recruiting, retention. You're going to need booster donations and a healthy NIL collective right now. And to do that is going to be very tough, and it's going to take a different different approach for a lot of these long-term boosters. And I think many are realizing that at Florida, but they're also realizing it around the rest of the country. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it pans out. We're going to see so much parity this upcoming season, and I think Florida's hoping that some of that luck goes their way. after They lost three games last season on the very final play, including the one up there in Knoxville. I hate to bring that up. I know that Tennessee fans don't really view it as such necessarily there, but everyone remembers that Anthony Richardson throw going out of the end zone there on Florida's final play there. So Florida fans certainly hoping that they can get some revenge this season for that. Well, listen, the Richardson game, you know, here's the thing. I, I believe he made himself a high draft choice based on his play that day. I mean, we saw two incredible performances last year. Him and the quarterback at Alabama had two absolutely insane days and and then you watch Richardson in other games like you were talking about 
and he almost looked checked out. It was really, really strange watching that kid play quarterback because depending on when you saw him, he was either a world beater or a guy that you didn't want on your team. There wasn't. It didn't seem like there was a lot of in between with him. Yeah, from getting to know him, absolute gamer. I think very, very young is something that we got to keep in mind. What I was saying in the beginning of this conversation, they're going up against quarterbacks, comparing him to quarterbacks like guys like Hendon Hooker last year. Yep. You know, going on mid twenties, a, a guy like Bryce Young as well, Stetson Bennett. This is a guy, Anthony Richardson, who turned twenty-one in the middle of last year, his first year preparing for being a, a starting quarterback. Or hadn't turned twenty-one until just this year. I mean, that is a guy incredibly young, sky-high potential. Uh, I think a lot of people are impressed with his future. If he can keep improving at the rate that he has and maximize his tools from the impressive arm to the, the dynamic athleticism, guy who can hit 24 miles per hour, um, the, you know, the sky is the limit for him in, in my mind. But, Again, who he was compared to last season, what he had to do with another coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy went from Brian Johnson to Derek McGee to, you know, no disrespect to not really having an on-staff designated quarterback coach at UF last season. Florida has an analyst in Ryan O'Hara who's highly touted, and Billy Napier, a former quarterback as well at Furman University, but the Gators didn't have a quarterback coach for him last season. At the next level, he's going to have more people around him helping him be successful. I think he's going to have a great future. And for next season, like I said, this upcoming season, it's going to be more about having a guy who can manage the game for Florida, avoid making errant throws. He's not going to need to go out there and throw it 70 yards down the field for the Gators to win. There's going to be some deep balls. Don't don't get me wrong. Florida has some speed on this team, absolutely. Guys like Aiden Mizell, Ricky Pearsall, Andy Jean are going to absolutely be able to contribute in the passing game this season, but this team is going to run the football a lot, and they're going to slow the game down, especially with, guys, that rule change is something we have so much to talk about, that rule change where the clock's not going to stop on first downs outside of the final two minutes of each half. That is going to be very, very fascinating to watch for a team that loves to run the football like the Gators are going to do uh, this upcoming season. What's the implication there from your perspective in terms of what it does to Florida? The clock not stopping on a first down, which you're trying to speed these games up as they jam more and more uh, television inventory into these games, which are turned into four, four-and-a-half-hour affairs. Yeah, ideally from Florida's perspective, they go into half with a 14-0, 14-3 lead, right? And the ability to have these eight-minute drives where you run the ball and pass it four or five times and are able to run it, you know, 12 times throughout each of your two, three drives, that, you know, that you're going to get throughout, ideally, throughout that first half. I mean, it allows you to go into the game, the, the second half, with your defense well-rested, especially if you're a team like Florida that, that has some, not to say unproven depth necessarily, but it's going to rely on a lot of underclassmen this upcoming season. It, it allows you, I think, to preserve a lot of your guys and it doesn't get you into this shootout where you're going to have to run this hurry-up offense. That's not what Florida is designed to do. If, like I said, the defense can be improved this season and the Gators can run the football and control the clock, I think that that is a rule change that works in their favor, honestly. It's pretty interesting, I mean, from that perspective. And, you know, the thing about Florida is there's a recipe for them when they play Tennessee and squads like that that have this, you know, these really high-flying offenses – 
Because we saw this in years past. When Jared Garantano was Tennessee's quarterback, we used to joke that 24 was the magic number because as soon as your opponent went over 24, the ball game was absolutely over. And, uh, you know, from, from Florida's perspective this season, you know, I would imagine with Mertz back there, and them just not having those guys to stretch the field they, that we were used to seeing in years past. It's just not how their team's set up. I mean, the path exists for them in a few games anyway to get overwhelmed, doesn't it, if it comes to that? It's quite possible. I, I also think that there's a good chance that if they can control the tempo of the game and run the football Great effectively, that, that's going to open up a lot of what Graham Mertz is going to be able to do. You know, mm. the guy that benefits when the defense is maybe looking for the run. And I I think that last season, maybe something that we saw a lot more of Florida's offense was that teams were accounting for Anthony Richardson also as a runner for pretty much every single play, right? So that was stacking the box against the Gators. And so their ability to, in theory, run the ball a little bit more when teams are looking for a guy like Graham Mertz to drop back to throw, I I think is going to help Florida. And, And then, when that works this upcoming season, you're you're going to see Graham Mertz have some things open up where he can just make the intermediate throws, hit some guys over the middle, some outs, five five yard outs. I think are going to work really really well for him to open up that field when teams are looking to run. This is a team that is going to I think take advantage of what they can do um, from a personnel perspective and, and mold their game plan around that rather than looking to fit, uh, you know, a square peg in a, in a round hole, per se. So I think that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, if you to answer your question, if they lose to Utah, they lose to Tennessee, mm. Kentucky, I mean, that is going to look extremely bad, knowing that it's not going to get better. LSU, Florida State, like I said, Arkansas, Georgia, I'm, I'm completely avoided, you know, got to play Georgia at the end of October like you do every single season. So, like I said, there is an easy way to see, if, to answer your question, if Florida gets overwhelmed early and a realistic path to just five wins, maybe even less for this Florida team, honestly, guys. So Florida is hoping that their formula for success, that rule change may benefit them a little bit. We'll have to see. But they're hoping their formula for success, how they constructed their team, is going to lead to a more successful winning formula this season, which is kind of funny when you go from having the number four overall pick in the draft to a guy who left Wisconsin after four seasons and had some, I think, depending on how you view it, some varying statistics yeah. to be viewed promisingly. But for Florida, they're hoping, like I said, that formula is going to lead to a more uh, effective football team this season. Well, the one thing is for sure, I mean, thinking out loud, in a perfect Florida world, if you play a Tennessee down there and you're able to com- you're able to uh, possess the football eight, nine minutes at a time, you could pretty much, with a couple drives, chew the game up, keep Tennessee's offense off the field, keep them frustrated, this, that, and the other. So I definitely see that that's a possibility. Plus, very few teams these days are playing the game the way that Florida is going to attempt to play it this year, which is going to make it interesting as well. But it's almost like they're doing this out of necessity and not choice, but then again, Napier is pretty old school. I want to circle back to the quarterback situation, and particularly that Austin Simmons deal. Did you guys get wind of that before it happened, Graham, or did that just hit you like, 
out of the blue because I don't remember somebody reclassing two classes. One class, sure. Two classes, I mean, that is some Lane Kiffin nonsense right there. Graham, what do you think? That's pretty funny. I mean, this is a kid who, pretty special in my mind, had him over a 5.1 GPA and homeschooled, looked good at Pahokee, which is a really tough area to compete in in Florida, and his dad was an offense, is an offensive coordinator. So a lot of teams are really high on him. The Gators had him committed back in um, April of this year as a 2025 guy. But from that moment, yeah, to answer your question, guys, Florida knew that this is someone who could potentially reclassify. We got wind of it right away. We're reporting that it was a, a likelihood for the Gators to get him in. And when we spoke to Billy Napier at the end of May, I want to say May 22nd, he was asked once again, and he was asked after the spring game, if the Gators plan to take another quarterback for this upcoming season. And he refused to say that it was going to be from the transfer portal, which further confirmed in the multiple times that we asked him about that plan, that they intended to get a guy to reclassify rather than add a guy from the transfer portal to their upcoming roster for this season. Now that didn't end up happening. You know, I hate to go out there and lambast the profession I'm in, but that's why some of these things don't get reported ahead of time until they're fully official, right, guys? We didn't go out there and say that it was official, that it was happening until we didn't want to until he was enrolled at Florida, especially after Florida lost Jaden Rashada last yep. year before he was enrolled, right? So the yep. last thing you want to do is make people think that's the likelihood. And in this day and age, with recruiting, the transfer portal, the craziness of it all, it's not official until the player's enrolled, and they can still enter the transfer portal pretty much right when it opens back up, right? So you didn't want to jump the gun on this one. A competing outlet went ahead and reported with a video and a story that this was happening for Florida. They they pumped it up, and his dad came out to, to the point where his dad came out later that night and said, it's not happening, it, it, it's not true Oh no! yet, my son's still out, you know, enrolled. And then the very next day at, at noon, Austin Simmons flips from Florida to Ole Miss. So that's why sometimes staff don't want this stuff out. If you want to not burn connections with those within the industry, you, you don't want to report these things ahead of time. It, it's a fascinating Mm-hmm. Uh, industry situation, whatever you want to call it here, but that's how it went down. We knew about it for the past two months. We told people it was a likelihood for something Florida was working on. Billy Napier's comments indicated as much, but his dad was pushing, Austin Simmons' dad was pushing Ole Miss throughout the entire process, and he actually came out there and said, guys, of a fascinating comment um, in regards to how the SEC slate is shaping up. He said that you look at Florida's schedule next season for 2024, that thing is grueling pretty much. He said that thing is absolutely daunting. Not saying Ole Miss is much better in my mind, but he said Florida's slate with having to play Miami, UCF, and Florida State next season along with an eight-game SEC schedule. He said that was a little bit too much competition. And, you know, if you're a Florida fan, you hear a statement like that, you can look at it two ways. You can take it as a slight that you lost a recruit, right, especially to another SEC program. But you also can look at it and be like, do you really want a guy 
who is necessarily running from competition, doesn't want to compete against DJ Lagway, another guy that they're going to bring in in the same um, you know, age range, another highly touted Elite 11 guy. Are you really going to want a guy who's going to run from competition like that? Are you going to want someone who's going to come in and want to compete and be willing in this day and age to sit maybe one year, be the second string guy for a year, see how it all plays out? In my mind, I'd want the latter. I want someone who's confident that they can develop and, and overtake whoever it is. I mean, that's how programs get guys. You're exactly right. And Jalen Hurts, right? That's how you get guys yep. who, if you need to turn to someone in the national championship game, you look to one of those guys and say, I'm confident in you as well. Florida wants someone like that in the future. Tennessee wants someone like that in the future. If that's one of the reasons why Austin Simmons, a primary reason why he chose to go to Ole Miss, I mean, I think a lot of Florida fans should have the perspective of good riddance, and I think a lot of people, fans of their program, they would agree with that sentiment as well, guys. Graham Hall, you happen to be the man. I appreciate you coming on here and breaking it down scientifically for us. Congratulations. Your new gig at 247. And give the pitch one more time, and if folks want to follow you on Twitter and all that stuff, how do they use so as well? But give that pitch, man. You're a good salesman. I like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, we're running a 50% off deal. Finishes tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. 50% off for an annual deal. I mean, guys, that's less than $55 for the full year. That comes with a year of Paramount Plus, which in and of itself is, I think, like a $60 deal. So join our community. You can get VIP access to all of the sites within the 247 Sports Network. That's the Tennessee as well. They're running the same uh, deal right now. So you can subscribe to their site as well. I know they do a fantastic job. I checked their site out yep. as well. So we get Ryan on a bunch here, yeah. Those are good oh, people. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah we get Ryan on a bunch here. Those are good people, Graham. They are fantastic. They do a great job. Uh, so if you're looking to join an in-depth community, follow all teams in the SEC, join the 247 Sports Network, running a great deal right now. If you want to just try it out for a month, see what it's like, you can do that for just $1 right now for a month. So looking forward to come back on the show, guys, hopefully in the season here, right before the Florida Gators and the Tennessee Volunteers take on each other in Gainesville this season. You the man, brother. Have a great one, Graham. My pleasure. Y'all take care of there. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to y'all later. Yeah, you too. I like Graham Hall a lot. Hey, Matt, um, I don't know how patient that fan base is going to be with that guy. They better hope they have a big year because they're going to be where we were a couple years ago. I remember Tennessee assembled a great class in a summer a few years back. And then they went out on the field and threw up uh, a pretty nonsensical season, and a bunch of guys looked elsewhere. And that might be what Florida's staring at. And Tennessee could play a part in that this season, Matt. Because something tells me when they get on the field with us, they're going to get and the Utahs of the world. They're going to get overwhelmed, Matt. Something tells me that. I, I think that will happen in a, in a couple of games for them yeah. this year. Um, I, I can't get over the fact that, that he said, I think he even said it twice, that he talked about their kind of charting a path to eight or nine wins. I know, right? As if that's the ceiling. And I, I can't get past that, 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 that they're kind of resigned to that. Um, so, you know, just making a bowl game is probably the realistic goal for that, for that coaching staff this year, which is just crazy to think about. But, no, Tennessee has a, can play a big part in that. And kind of a, a big springboard. You haven't won down there since what, like '03. Yep. So, I mean, you, you need to go down there and take care, take care of business early in the season, because um, I think that would be a really, really big win for for the program to get two two in a row on them. Matt, I'm coming to a conclusion here. 
I think the transfer portal and all this craziness, I think it's helping sports, helping college sports. We were talking about those TV ratings, right? If Paul Skeens and um, Baseball Skinnerd don't end up at LSU and Florida doesn't add to their team, which makes them not there, they're not there if they don't do that, are those numbers that big? I would argue they're not. But because you had four, four of the potential first five picks in the Major League Baseball draft playing in one series, a lot of fringe people tuned that thing in. And uh, across the board, there were all kinds of excellent baseball players at that College World Series. Some people called it the deepest field in years. And guess what? People tuned it in. I think it's helped baseball. I think it's really helped football. It's made football more interesting. I don't like it. I'm an old man. Get off my lawn. I want to go back to the uh, bowl system. But these sports are skyrocketing right now, Matt. Now, I don't know about college basketball. I think college basketball with five players and movement, I think that's too transient. I think teams turning over 60 to 70% of their roster annually is too transient. But I think when it comes to baseball and football, I think it's helped those sports, Matt. I hate to say that. No, there's there's obviously some positives that, that come from it. And, and a lot of the portal guys, you know, a lot of times it, it is for the right reasons. And they make, you know, good decisions and it's, you know, works out well. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think that the ratings part, it mainly had to do with LSU and Paul Skeens, I think, Dylan Cruz. Yep. Uh, but it was a star, uh, you know, a, a star-studded field with a bunch of uh, future big leaguers. You had a bunch of really good teams, uh, and, and the games were all compelling until really the final two. It was a really compelling and, and very entertaining uh, College World Series. Just about every game was was fun and competitive, and all that kind of played into it, and it made made it for a kind of a thrilling deal. If you remember last, last year. One of the big storylines at the thing was that Tennessee wasn't there, and I think you would have had similar type ratings had Tennessee made it last year. That oh, it would have been year. huge. It would have been huge if that super team would have gotten there, Matt, with their annex, and they'd have been doing that thing on the big stage. They probably would have drawn four and a half million. You add another million to what what they got here. I mean, it would have been humongo. But for a college baseball game to touch four million. Is nuts for it to outdraw the Red Sox and Yankees, which my contention is America's bored by the Red Sox and Yankees. ESPN shoves it down our throats the way they shove down your throat the WNBA that nobody looks at, but they shove it down your throat anyway. Which hey, whatever, it's that's their it, it's their prerogative. Bobby Brown, they can shove whatever they want down your throat. It's their their dime, their dance floor. But I'm coming to the conclusion. Think about this. Do you not find it fascinating, Matt, to follow what Tennessee's doing? You don't even have to be a fan of college baseball to find it fascinating that Tennessee added a kid yesterday who throws the ball 101 miles an hour from Wichita State, who's going to have two years to play here, who they're going to pencil in as a closer. And this is the kind of stuff we're getting every day here for the next couple of weeks. There are all kinds of names surfacing. Do you not find that interesting? Uh, I mean, that. It just kind of is what it is now. I'm not 
totally adjusted to it. And I, you know, I don't keep up with recruiting hardly at all. And I definitely don't keep up with like portal recruiting. Um, besides some of the stuff that you tell me with baseball wise. So no, it, it is fascinating to see teams kind of retool their roster and, and kind of pick up, you know, needs here and there. Uh, you gotta, I think you gotta be very selective in what you do if you're going to be successful. Um, you know, there's obviously only you know only really one Paul Skeens and, and Tommy Van Zandt out there, but uh, Tommy, <laughs> that that Sneeze guy, yeah, I think really fascinating. The the guy from Jacksonville State is kind of like a sidearm submarine player. Yeah. Had, had some really interesting um, metrics and, and numbers. So no, it, it is it is cool. It's it's really kind of fascinating and, and good to see. Well, I I I prefer just to kind of wait until. You know, the portal closes and you get kind of your final roster, uh, which I guess in baseball kind of varies throughout the year, but kind of one, kind of when everything settles to figure out who's who, that's when I kind of really kind of lock in on, on the teams. Back to the phones we go, 865-200-5402. Another sidebar I want to do because we're wide open now, and I want to thank, uh, by the way, uh, Graham Hall for joining on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Woo woo, you know it. I love my friends at TLD Logistics, Jim Peters, K Pasta, Migo. 865-200-5402. Matt, yesterday we got to getting into, and John Adams isn't here today, and in his, in his honor, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors, I thought we would take the time to look back at some of Butch Jones' greatest hits, because that seems like a lifetime ago. Truthfully, it was just right around the corner. Truthfully, six, six, six years. It feels like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Actually, when I think about the Butch Jones era, it makes me feel 82. I can't remember. I, I just, Sean was bringing stuff up yesterday. He's got it all, like, in his brain, and he he had me and Freddie Jack. We were in the, in in our TLD Logistics overdrive. Overdrive. I, we were just like I was hee haw laughing at some of that stuff. Matt, do you have a favorite greatest hit from the Butch Jones era you'd care to share? And I'm going to give uh, to the caller that makes me laugh the best. Uh, I'm going to give uh, fifty dollar gift cards to our friends at Alumni Hall, where there's a ton of incredible College World Series merchandise that you're going to want to take part in. They've got some really cool stuff and some great stuff for the upcoming football season as well. Ah, 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 get ready. Dixon, do you have a favorite Butch Jonesism you'd care to throw into the pot here? Oh, gosh. I mean, there's um, so many of them. Yeah, there, there's so many, and I haven't. Uh, thought how um, the the leadership reps was the mm. was a a good one, mm. um, and he I, he might have actually really believed that too. Now, what uh, would a leadership rep do you feel like? Well, it, it was just one of those spring practices when you know, like half, half the roster was was out because of, of off season surgery, which seemed to happen every year under with his strength and conditioning program, and it talked about how the guys would would stand around and watch the the, the players do the drill but they were doing leadership reps at the same time and I'm, I'm not sure anybody's <laughs> ever figured out what that was 
it obviously wasn't very successful. Oh, my um, gosh. Maybe, maybe he's still doing that at Arkansas State. Who knows? Do you think it would be funny? We were talking about this yesterday. you think it would be funny to get somebody on from Arkansas State and just see how many really nutty, vernacular kind of deals he's kind of brought with him over there and just see if we could compare notes? It would, it would be, and I think it would be worthwhile in the summer, but it would have to be the right guest. It would have to be somebody out there who has that sense of humor yes. and wouldn't take it seriously. Right. Like, like kind of like Butch does, but would, would, would be able to, to get, just kind of go with it and, and understands what the concept is because other, otherwise it could be kind of a, a cringy segment. But if you get, if you find somebody, maybe some like fan media who, who has a funny take on it and, and sees Butch for who he is, that, I think that would be a great segment. You could have a whole lot of fun with that. Anybody that follows Arkansas State, even a little bit, if you know somebody in their media core that could handle that, I would love to get somebody on here and have some fun and see what all he's cooked up over there. Because one thing I about that, Maroon, the three effort thing, still a deal with him. Well, one thing about that, when he put, did he put Daniel McCullers in that jersey one day at practice? Remember that? <laughs> one thing about that moron is he's never going to learn. Can you imagine that absolute complete clown inside Saban's apparatus? And how many times Nick Saban looked at Butch Jones and said, "Would you just shut up? Shut up! Quit talking! Stop!" And by the way, we all have friends that are like that. I tend to get, this is going to be shocking, I tend to get chatty every once in a while around my friends. And I've been told, hey, Basilio, why don't you just shut up, stop, quit. And, and I'll do that for a second here. Hour number two after this, then we'll get some calls in. I want some of your Butch Jones greatest hits. And then in honor of Shoei Atani, we're going to go from one, sco- one side of the world to the other. This guy is insanely, this guy is so great that people don't even realize how great he is. This guy is like from outer space when you look at what he's doing. This guy is leading the leagues, leagues as a hitter. He's an incredible outfielder. They don't put him out there because they don't want to risk him as a pitcher. He's a top 20 pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, if you're a top 20 pitcher in Major League Baseball, you're living in a tremendously huge house. This guy is one of the best pitchers and hitters in the world. If this guy was a football player, what would you compare it to? Because that's the only thing you can compare it to. Because in basketball, you can't compare it. I don't even know where to begin with that guy. And here's the thing about it. Major League Baseball is so screwed up that you don't even see him play. Matt, in your lifetime, tell the truth. And Matt loves baseball. I love baseball. How many times have you seen Otani play, Matt? Uh, less than ten. Thank you. I think I've seen him play twice. I saw him pitch here at night, and I'm like, that can't be real. Me and my son were watching it. Anthony goes, have you, you seen this guy? And I said, no, not really. I've never really watched him. He goes, well, let's watch this. And it was insane how good he was. I was like, What? What? They said, Matt, on days when he pitches, I was looking at it, his OPS is like 1,200 on days when he's pitching. Not a pitcher with a 275 batting average. I'm talking about the guy's a slugger. 
he he could be an, an like if you separated the guy in, into two separate players, he would be a, like two, uh, you'd be an all star in both. It's, so, it's insane. So here's a question yeah. for you: If he played another sport, what would he be? Like if he was a football player, what would he? What two positions would he play? And then here's another one: Who are some athletes that were so great or so great in their time, just so great in our lifetime that you looked at and went? That guy's so good or so great, I didn't even recognize it. I'll give you mine. We'll come back on the other side. 865-200-5402. And then your favorite Butch Jones, Butchisms, Butch Memories. Let's butch it up. Hour two on the radio after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. I just want to say that your show is disgusting. Two white men and a white woman attacking a black man who's a Democrat. You act like a bunch of Southern disgusting human beings. You need to get off the bear. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Hey, Bill, you made a comment and called me a jackass yesterday. Well, it, it, there was a uh, that was a friendly comment. Uh, that, okay, uh, but but that go ahead and, and seal my faith as being a Democrat. You know, we got a jackass as a symbol, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm a true Democrat, buddy. So okay. it wasn't a put down from my perspective. It was a peg up. So that's, thanks a lot. That's the way to go. <laughs> Just own it. Yes, sir. Three dudes with a view triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross and you are listening to Front Porch Radio WKOM 101.7 located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you 865-200-5402. The butchisms, the butchisms, the butchisms as we welcome you back. And my friend Clarky wants to tell you over at Select Ticket Service, if you've got tickets for sale, he'll buy them from you. The great Clark Moore over at Select Ticket Service. Let me go to the phones. 865-200-5402. The numero uno, numero uno, numero dos. The phone lines are jammed. You no doubt want to break it down scientifically with us today on this June day. Doing a program, a little bit of humor in honor of the absence of John Adams, whose absence is presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors, as he's out there looking for the rarest of rare birds right now. And I'd say John Adams, Matt's a pretty rare bird himself. He, he is. I, my sources told me he was still recovering from all the jello shots. <laughs> Adams has actually been undercover as a crazy Cajun. He acts like he's not an LSU guy, but he he always talks about LSU, Matt. He acts like he's not one of those guys, though, Matt. Uh-huh. But he always tells stories about being in Louisiana. Uh-huh. Louisiana. Louisiana. We, we, can, we can see through that. Yep. I can sniff them out. Let's go back to the phones, get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, TB. Hey, hey Matt. Oh, boy, this show just got smarter. That sounds like Polly Joe. It's the Polly one. Oh, boy. I got a 
before I get going, Tony, but I got a I got a question or two for Dixon, if that's okay. Hey, Matt, is the show getting smarter here? What do you think? Uh, absolutely. He wants to ask me a couple questions. Okay, go go ahead, Paulie. Hey, Dixie, how how do you think Euros would have done against that China under nineteen team? <laughs> do what? How would Euros have done against the under-19 team uh, from China? From China. China. Uh, well, he, he wouldn't be on the U.S. team, that's for sure. But uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure he would have had a double-double like, like Toby Iwaka did. Where are you going with this? Where I'm going is... Don't, don't do that. You're going to do the Barnes thing, aren't you? Don't do that. Come on, man. Well, Trying to laugh on 26. here. Euros got 26 minutes against FAU, and Owaka got a half, 30 seconds. I'll tell you what, hey, Dixon, he does bring up a good point. This Owaka, this Jonas Adu guy better sharpen his pencil, or Owaka's going to steal his lunch money this year. Here's my my Cause, other comment. Because this Owaka guy plays like his hair's on fire. He does not have Adu's natural athletic ability. But when the ball goes up, Matt, he is getting the basketball. And he's a Rick Barnes kind of guy. Matt, my last my comment to you, and then I'm coming after Tony, but I, I honestly blame Barnes for this transfer portal nonsense that started in 2019. Uh, he, he, he did it. He, he sees everything before it because he tried to do a coach's portal at UCLA, but they said, oh, hell no. I wish the fans could put the coach in a coach's portal. Oh, yeah, it really sucks winning 25 games every year. And this year, getting North Carolina in the SEC, ACC challenge, the newly minted challenge. Yeah, it really, really sucks. You're right. Boy. Now my thing's with Butch Jones, Tony, my best with the top. Give me your favorite one. I can't take ten of them. I'll leave one. No, they're quick. They're they're three words each one. No, I need one. Damn. Yes, that's how well, this works. I, I we're playing to, for money here. Then I have to go with my favorite all-time fifth quarter. Okay. All right. Is well, I I don't understand why I only get like a minute fifteen when you give that moron from Florida fifty-five minutes. I mean, I was on hold over Matt. an hour. Explain this to him, Matt. To Explain Florida. to Paulie Joe. Explain to Paulie Joe what we did, Matt. Go ahead. Caprese salad. He, he, he brought a, ga- a gator insider. Salad. Caprese, Caprese salad. It's not. All right, I'm going to do it because it was a part of the Butch Jones era, but Caprese salad is a great one in honor of the late great Raj. But John Curry I was think actually that's my eating. my favorite because that was the end. But John Curry was allegedly eating, because I used to tell the late, great Raj that Butch Jones had, depending on the, the telling of the story, either a triple cheeseburger or a meatball sub, because I know Raj loved meatball subs, and he would always like go, ugh. I said, man, they took it out of his hands, and they fired him. They took, and Raj went, they took his dinner? So, Polly, you got over two minutes, man. I, hey, Tony, I'd rather be in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru than listen to that Florida interview. Wow. I mean, come on. If it was 
If it was Spurrier, Five, it was okay, but four, Florida's gone. Three, of the two, caller, one. You're the caller, and you just got blasted. Let's get our next call in. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Didn't need the six degrees for that call. He, the six, no, he went right at Barnsey off the top. He ties everything into Rick Barnes, Polly does, including international affairs. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Philly, welcome in, buddy. How you been? How you been, Matt? No. Philly doing great. You know, yesterday we did our, or the other day we did Hoops Tuesday over at tclub.team and did a write-up on the ball club. And yeah, I saw it. They got 11 guys, Phil, that are going to play meaningful minutes. I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, UConn won a national championship by playing a 12-man rotation last year. I don't Barnes are smart enough to do that, but uh, I didn't. I want to call and talk about Barnes, but I guess Polly hijacked the show like he usually does. <laughs> uh, Tony uh, Butch Jones. Uh, yep. What's I'm your favorite, Phil? His whole cur- well, the, the time that we uh, were playing somebody, it was towards the end there when uh, it was an inferior opponent, and he, he uh, punted instead of going for it four for one, he, and he just about, you know. That he was doing the F word to the Tennessee crowd. You remember that, Matt? When was that? When he told the crowd, he said the F word to the crowd, Matt. Oh yeah, that was that was the Southern Miss who had like an interim head coach. They they kicked the field goal instead of instead of going for it near yeah. the end, at the end of the first half. I've forgotten all about that. That's a great one. Yeah, the, they caught him on the camera. Yeah, great one, Phil. And what yeah, did he, he say looked- after the game? He would not own up to it. Huh. Well, he never owned up to anything, did he? Except for brick by brick. That's that garbage stuff he started when he first got here. That Oklahoma game, that fourth and one, that was the beginning of the end to him. That, if, uh, who knows what might have happened if they'd gone and won that game. Uh, Clem might still be coaching over here, but uh, uh, I guess he just he figured he couldn't coach that right there. I knew he was a loser then. When he kicked that 16-yard field goal, as I like to call it, I mean, who kicks a 16-yard field goal? It seems mathematically impossible. And Phil's right, because that that's, that team that year, Matt, was loaded. They were ready to win. Imagine if you gave Josh yeah. Heupel that team, that amount of talent, and that that team that year. That that team was that team was a lot more ready to win than than its head coach was. And yeah, yeah that that, that Oklahoma game kind of changed everything. But that that think about how dangerously close Butch Jones was to turning the thing around here. I mean, if he wins that game, who knows what happens? But no, that was the biggest red flag to me when he kicked that that field goal and then eventually lost that game. I mean, that there was no excuse to blow a seventeen point lead with that home field advantage that night. Tony, is there some new? Uh... Talking about that Florida guy today. Yep. Uh, Polish show liked a, it. Well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It's, it's getting near the slow time. you got to get everybody ready for the SEC football. That's exactly but, uh, right. Uh, hearing that guy talk, I I don't even think he's a real believer of Billy Napier. Do you? Uh, no. No, I do not. Which is what I like That's about him. Powerful. That style of football he plays is not 
win formula anymore. It used to be back in the 1990s, but not now. I will say this, though. When you think about how they're going to change the way the game is timed, he made a really good point when he said, when you don't stop the clock on a first down in the college game now, and the clock runs and runs and runs and runs and runs, if you can string three or four first downs together playing three yards in a cloud of dust football, as you texted me, you know, it it really does, Phil, give you an opportunity to take a Tennessee and neutralize them. But here's the problem. When you get on the field with a Tennessee and it's 14 to nothing before you even have a chance to figure out what and who you are, you're going to get completely blown out. And I think that's what's going to happen to them. I'm with you, Phil. I don't think that's going to work in this day and age. Maybe it does. You better have a great offensive line, and you better have Gale Sayers and O.J. Simpson back there if you're wanting to make it work. Well, even if you've got great running backs, Tony, if you don't have a quarterback to get eight or nine out of the box, you're not going to win big time. Totally agree. Makes Big Ten football. That's that's what uh, Billy Napier's going to play. Outside of Michigan and Ohio State, everybody else in Big Ten plays that top football. And how about Lane Kiffin? getting in there and outmaneuvering them and taking a class of 2025 guy and putting him on his 2023 roster. Do we not love Lane Kiffin? I mean, how do you how do you think that went? You you think you, you don't suppose Matt that Lane tampered with that kid, do you? Which is my favorite term these days, tampered. Hmm. Uh, I I'm not sure Kiffin's smart enough to help the kid jump two grades. <laughs> I mean, Phil, the guy jumped two grades. Yeah, I just, that was amazing to me. I, what? I mean, the way things are going now. Uh, have y'all seen what uh, Kyle Perry's uh, done in the, here at the end of the Amazing. You talk about pulling one out of the fire, Phil. You talk about the transfer portal. You talk about Bob Huggins not being able to behave himself. You talk about getting lucky. Because yeah, our buddy yeah. Ken Miller thinks that... Uh, Calipari's finna walk the plank until that happened. Yeah, it's a double-double guy, Phil. <laughs> well, that Trey Mitchell's not that good, but uh, the, the Santos Surreal that the, they're they're going to he's going to reclassify, and he's a he'll be a force up there at Kentucky. They just continue to land on their feet, there, man. Yeah, but when you got the money to do it, it's a uh, that's just the way it is. Isn't but, you, it? but you know what? All that money can a Final Four buy. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it true they've won one NCAA tournament game in the last four years? That is correct. Oh, that's that's mind-boggling, isn't it? And they're stuck with the guy. This whole coach-for-life concept, I don't care how much you win, I'm not making anybody in the 2020s in college sports a coach-for-life. Like, nobody. No, but there's, there's some Tennessee fans that want to keep Rick Barnes forever. See <laughs> Well, Paulie, you've you've congratulations. You've had an impact here. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, what's up, Thomas Lee, man? Hey, Lee, welcome in, brother. Yeah, I'm not sure about Florida trying to start slow playing their offense. That doesn't really work in today's game. And if this new rule change is going to sucker coaches into doing that, then they're going to have a pretty rude awakening. You know, I don't know when you start thinking about Florida's. In 
just just their spot. I don't know that they're suckered into it as much as it's really the only play they have. Because they don't have dynamic playmakers. You know, they got two very good backs. They have a pretty good big offensive line. I kind of see what they're getting at. But I think when you play at Tennessee, you better hold the ball for nine minutes when you win that opening kickoff late or you're getting ready to get blowed. And I mean blowed off the field. B-L-O-W apostrophe D, blowed off the field. Well, you just you leave yourself no room for error. I mean, you can hold the ball for nine minutes and score, and then Tennessee goes down and scores in a minute and a half. Hey, here's the ball again. Do it again. Don't don't get don't commit any penalties. Don't turn the ball over. It's it's a hard way to win in modern college football. Not, uh, but anyway. But you're right. I mean, all things do cycle back, though. The one thing we know about sports is that all things cycle back. I do like – I was looking at them. I was doing a lot of work on the SEC this week, and I, I do like the defensive coordinator they brought in, Arnett guy or whatever his name is. I forgot his name. Really, he's like a young coach. He seems like he's really, really well-respected, and they got some decent talent on defense, but I still think they're in for a long couple of seasons. But we'll see. Um, I was actually calling because you brought up Otani, man. Yeah. And I'm glad you did because – and I don't think people really understand what they're watching with this guy. Like, I've said this for over a year. I think he's the best baseball player to ever walk on the planet. Like, nobody, is, nobody can do what he does. It's, and he makes it look so easy. Like, he's, he's legitimately has the opportunity this year to win the MVP, the Cy Young, and it's kind of going under the radar, but he's on pace to come close to Aaron Judge's home run record. Like, if he does all of those things in one season, you can argue it's the best single season in any sport ever. And, listen, if he wanted to steal 100 bases, he could steal 100 bases. Right. They don't want him running because he's a pitcher. You're, yeah. you're exactly right. They do not want the guy running because he's a pitcher. It's almost like, and when you look at him, he he's huge. Huge. You ask if you played another sport. It's like if you, had, if you had a player and he was Patrick Mahomes on offense, and he went out and played defense, and he was Micah Parsons. Like I, I don't think people really appreciate how good this guy is and the stuff that he's doing. Yeah, I like I'm, I'm blown away by him every time I watch him. It's like and he's just so much fun to watch. But you talk about it, nobody ever gets no one knows because MLB MLB is so stupid, man. So I, I pay for the MLB thing and. I, I hate these stupid blackout rules. Like, and the blackout I, rules, explain the blackout rules to people not familiar with this because you almost have to go to these, uh, if you want to watch games, you almost have to go to these what I call Chinese streams, which really isn't fair, but I can't come up with a better name for them. Uh, and that's what they're forcing people to do if you want to watch your team play. It's crazy what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm not a Reds fan by any means, but they're must-watch television if you like. Baseball. I love them. That game last night with Baltimore was insane. Their game over the weekend with the Braves—that thing that went like 11, 12 to eleven, or whatever, eleven to ten, whatever it was—I was talking to our boy um, uh, C last night, and, and he was like, "Man, that's one of the best regular season baseball games I've seen in years." They have zero pitching, Lee. But they get off the bus swinging that baseball bat, man. And this rookie they have is insane. 
they're so much fun to watch, man. But 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 if you have the MLB thing here in Nashville, you you don't get them. They're blacked out. Can't watch them. <laughs> you know. And Major League Baseball does a terrible job with all this stuff because it's actually been a really fun season. Like there's other teams too that are kind of coming out of nowhere that you don't really use. You're not really used to seeing do what, like the Texas Rangers. Great. They have like the second best offensive lineup in baseball. They're yeah. they're, they're they're a blast to watch. The Marlins, rem- like- the Marlins with that kid hitting around 400 are in yeah, playoff yeah. contention. Yeah, they're, they're insane. They've got a rise. One run record. Yeah, I mean they're playing great. The Diamondbacks. Or yep. in the NL West. Yeah, I mean, and it's all rookies and second year guys. The oh, San right. Diego Padres have spent like drunken sailors, and they suck out loud. <laughs> They're terrible. That's a shame. What a bunch of losers. Yeah, yeah MLB does a terrible job with this because they could be marketing this season so much better. Well, and, Jin- I mean, and you've got Jin- players yeah. like Otani. Unreal. It, it sucks that they can't figure it out because it's it's a really really good MLB season going on right now. Lee, I think I've seen the guy play twice in my life. And Matt said less than 10. I think I've seen him twice. And there's no way you can look at his numbers and come to any other conclusion that in my lifetime he's easily, easily the best player that's ever played. Easily in my lifetime. And if it weren't for the fact that Babe Ruth a couple years hit more home runs than the combined rest of the league. Now that was seven other teams in the American League. But there were years where Ruth hit more home runs than the other seven teams. I'm still going to have to go with Ruth because he pitched and hit, but he never pitched and hit together. That's what this guy's doing. That's right. And here's the thing about pitching and hitting together. I'll just walk you inside. Those who don't understand the sport and don't appreciate it. And Burke will nod along and go, man, Tony's gotten smart here in his old age. Those guys don't just show up at the park. And play the game. These days they're inundated with data. Which means that on a night when you pitch and hit. And you take hitting seriously as he does. He's pouring through two reams. Two stacks. Of, uh, of, of information. And preparing himself in two different ways. And doing it at an ultra high level. Where everybody these days is throwing the ball in the upper 90s. It's crazy what he's doing. It's uh, nuts. He's really likable, too. And, and he's, he's really, a likable really kid, likable. yeah. I like him because he doesn't yeah. speak English, so he can't offend uh, him. And he's trying. He like, he's, he's trying. Like, he's trying to learn English. Like, he's getting slowly better at it. Like, he's, he's committed to it. And I know Major League Baseball wants him, out of, wants him out of Anaheim. I mean, they want him somewhere where he's on television more. But you're going to put him in some market where he's on television more, but then you're going to block out half the audience. So what difference does it make? Well, I hear the I hear the leader right now for him is the Dodgers. If he stays on the West Coast, they are utterly idiotic. If yep. they're smart, if they're smart, Matt, they would figure out a way to get him in a Philadelphia Philly uniform next year. That's the play, Major League Baseball. <laughs> put him on the East Coast. And put him with the Phillies. Like, I'm going to jump off here, Tom. Real quick, I did. I finished most of my power ratings for yeah. college football. I have Tennessee right now at 14. So really, like splitting hairs between them, like them, Oregon, and Notre Dame, like 13, 14, and 15. Um, but that's where I've got them right 14 now. 14 in America, which falls where in the uh, SEC? That would be behind Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. Or, that was Georgia 1, I've got Alabama 4, LSU 5, and Tennessee at 14. 
So if Tennessee and Alabama get on the field right now, in your world, what's the point spread in that game? Uh, on a neutral on Alabama, minus four. But I'll tell you, I'm really low on Bama. I'm completely prepared to adjust my ratings really quick in the first couple of weeks of the season with Alabama. So I'm not. So I've kind of got stuck with where I have them. I don't really like it. Like uh, I'm no, the numbers lower. don't lie though. When you guys do that yeah, stuff, I'm, numbers don't lie. I'm, I'm just I'm lower than the, for the first time, and it seems like forever. I'm I'm lower than the market is on Alabama going into the season. So, but I kind of have to put them where where they are. So. I would make them a three-point three favorite on a neutral field. Right Matt, now. what are your thoughts on that? Would you take uh, Tennessee plus three this year at Alabama, Matt? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Let's have some optimism. Yeah, I, I, I think I, Alabama's in for a three or four loss season. I would, I would, I would take Tennessee. If, but I think that's a fair number. I guess I, I think Alabama's going to go down that road we were talking about with Florida. I think they're going to have to slow grind games out. They're going yep. to be a running team. They're going to use Milrose's legs yep. and that freshman running back they've got, and they got to hope their defense is back to what it used to be, and they've got to stop committing stupid penalties and get back to not making mistakes, which they haven't done in like three years. So if they don't clean those things up, yeah, I think they're, they're looking at, at losing four games. Our Bama guest we had on a couple days ago, I mean, the, the truth is, and he said this, everybody thought, well, when they added the quarterback, Buckner, it was really just kind of an add-on. No. They sold that kid. You're playing right away. And the kid couldn't play at Notre Dame. The kid couldn't play at Notre Dame. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they think he's going to do against this league, but I can promise you this. Texas will eat that kid alive if they throw him out there in week one. They will swallow him, Lee. Well, Tommy Reese was still at Notre Dame when he recruited Sam Hartman over him. I mean, he didn't want him as his quarterback at Notre Dame. So interesting. And he recruited Hartman, and Reese leaves go to Alabama, then he's stuck having to go grab Buckner again. But, yeah, I mean, coming out of their spring game, it was completely obvious they needed a quarterback, and he was the best one available, so they had to go grab him. I mean, there's a reason why. I mean, you know, what, the only saving grace for Alabama, I do think this year, is that their home, their tough games do come at home. I mean, they get Texas, Tennessee, and LSU all in, all in Tuscaloosa. So yep. that, that favors them a little bit. So Saban's last stand, brother. Hey, good talking to you. Yep. Sounds like Saban's last stand to me. Anytime that's the case, hey, Matt, our guest we had a couple days ago said they're going to win 11 games. Which, by the way, if I've watched Nick Saban down through the years, I would think they're going to win 11 games. The problem with them is they're just not as good as they used to be roster-wise. They're just not to absorb the blows. They're just not. And we saw and that they, last they year. They don't have a quarterback. They don't year. have a quarterback. That's a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I thought last year would be kind of their revenge tour with you know Young and you know Bryce Young and Will Anderson coming back, coming off that Georgia loss. Yep. Like I thought last year was going to be the year that they just you know reigned supreme and went fifteen and zero, but they really really struggled despite having arguably the two of the best players in the country. Well, two top five picks. I mean, to your point, and and we know that young guy when we saw him here. Uh, he looked like he looked like he was from another planet. This Otani guy, if you're listening to the show, I would encourage you to Google his name and look at his stats this year. It's crazy how good he is. Crazy. He's so good that you don't even know how good he is. Which reminds me of when I was a kid and really watching hockey, which I hockey's pretty nameless and faceless. They've made themselves a kind of a bad sport. No offense to them. Compared to the hockey I grew up with, 
which was colorful, fun, a lot of characters. Always been a really interesting game, but you got to have a little you got to have a little flavor with your sport. Major League Baseball's got a guy that's doing things that's never been done that doesn't speak our language. We exported baseball around the world. I don't think this is the way baseball wanted it drawn up that a guy that is not from our shores but a Japanese kid is lit- literally probably the best player to ever live. I saw that guy when I was a kid. He was a teenager in the old Philadelphia Spectrum. His name was Wayne Gretzky. He was so good. Back then, uh, hockey was making its transition into more of a skating game from pugilism on ice. They couldn't hit him. Watching him play, he was like, he had the intelligence out there on the ice to manipulate space to the point where he was three steps ahead of everybody. They couldn't hit him. They couldn't get near him. It was like watching somebody in a video game with that, like when you hear them talk about cheat code, cheat code players, where you turn everybody else down to level B, and he's on A+. And he would go out, you know, like a good season in hockey would be 100 points. That was a great barrier. You're a great player. That's uh, goals plus assists. If you, that equals 100. You're You're incredible. This guy would go out and put 224 points up. Huh? And then you'd watch him. And I saw him live in a playoff game. I think it was, um, I want to say it was the spring of 1980 in the old Philadelphia Spectrum. And they were a bunch of kids. That Edmonton team ended up winning several cups. And he was a kid, fresh from the WHA when they had the merger. I've never in my life seen an athlete like that. On a field, on a court, on a field, on anywhere. You take that young guy last year and multiply it by two. And that's how good that guy was at his sport. And the truth is, he was so good throughout the whole 1980s that you didn't even acknowledge it as a fan. It was just like a given. It was like the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. You don't even think about it. And this Otani guy is that good. I mean, he's literally doing things that seem unfathomable. Chris Burke tells me, and I respect Burke, he tells me that the hardest thing to do in sports is to hit that baseball. And we've seen a lot of great athletes from other sports try to hit a baseball, and very few could. Bo Jackson could. Bo Jackson could. But most of them can't that try to make a transition into baseball or try baseball or whatever. Most of them can't. And this guy is from, he's just like from another land. I don't even know what to tell you. 865-200-5402. Back to our phones we go. And then your favorite butchisms as well. Let's get our next call in. Hello. Hello, Tony. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, I was actually calling you, wanted to talk about sort of what you, you've been on. Uh, watch that game last night between the Orioles and the Reds. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, 54 years old, and I guess you maybe got to have a little bit of uh, gray hair about you to remember. It was really cool seeing the Reds and the Orioles in a competitive game because those teams haven't been very good for Agreed. a while. So in that aspect, I kind of like the unbalanced schedule. 
um, um, so, uh, um, you know, I, um, and this, this De La Cruz guy, mm. it's, I've kind of got a theory, which, you know, you talk about Otani, you talk about De La Cruz, and those guys, I, I, De La Cruz is like if LeBron James had decided to play baseball. He is huge. He's that kind of athlete. Too. Oh, my gosh, the way he runs the bases. Matt, have you seen De La Cruz? He looks like, that yeah. is such a great point. He looks like LeBron James. Well, he legged out that the triple against the Braves. He get the cycle? He was just gliding around the bases. Last night, last night the game set, tied seven seven. He, I think he leads off the inning, but he, you know, the third baseman's got him shaded a little bit in the hole because right. he's a lefty. He hits a ball. He kind of hits it off the end of the bat. The first, the third baseman has to go to his right and take two steps back to field it. He has absolutely no chance of throwing him out. And then the very first pitch, uh, you know, and, and the Orioles have got ru- this Rushman guy, catcher, who's absolutely no slouch. Uh, first pitch, De La Cruz takes off, takes second, not even close. And then the next batter uh, may have been Sinzel. Somebody hits a little blooper over the infield that just you couldn't throw it in a better place. And, I mean, he takes off and he scores, and it's, you know, the guy's just, He's he's an amazing athlete, and he, I think he may be a, another generational player. And then to Otani, I think he is the best athlete in the world right now. I'm not talking about baseball. I mean across sports, uh, because to do what he's doing, I mean, you have to be incredible uh, to do either one of those at the level he does it. Um, and he he he's pitching. And, and hitting at an elite level, and uh, which kind of brings me to another point. I, both these guys are from different countries, and I think what we've done here, and this is kind of another faux pas, I think, of, of baseball, which, by the way, I think is the purest, best sport to, to to think it was invented, what, 200 years ago? It's incredible. And that somebody said, we're going to put the bases 90 feet apart. It's perfect, too. Mound, 60 yep. feet, 6 inches. Perfect. And that it still holds up. Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it, it is. It's a miracle. But um, we, we've sort of made it a country club sport in this country mm-hmm. um, with travel ball and all mm-hmm. that, where a lot of, a lot of uh, kids that show athletic promise can't play it because of the time commitment or the expense. And, uh, you, you know, that's why I think you see a lot of players that aren't um, born in the U.S. and raised in the U.S. are your stars now um, because we don't have the LeBron James or athletes like that playing baseball. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's another thing you're talking about, college baseball, which I actually played college baseball back when dinosaurs were on the earth. But I really didn't watch it. Uh, closely. Nobody about, did. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. until about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it, it's a great sport. It's a great brand. Uh, and I, I think it's going to continue to grow. But one of the things that uh, I've noticed is since I started watching it, the frame of reference for how good those guys are in the big leagues, when you watch a college baseball game and then you watch you watch MLB, it, it just is giving me a whole new appreciation for just how good those guys are that are in the show. 
I think that's an amen, man. Because here's the thing. You go watch a college game live, and that's a really high level of a game. You walk out there and watch that major league game, and that is like going to another world compared to the college game. And I love the college game. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a it's so a fun. Great sport, uh, you know, uh, that I've I've enjoyed because yep. you you and your previous callers are absolutely right. I mean, MLB could do so much more, but oh. they have some generational stars. I mean, you have arguably the two best baseball players in the world playing for the for the Anaheim Angels right now, or the Los Angeles Angels, You're right. or whatever they're called. Kid and center field. Sees them. Nobody sees them. And they don't even try to prioritize getting them in front of you. And then they've got these screwy baseball packages where, like Lee said, if you live in certain spots and it's within 180 miles or whatever the rules are, you get blacked out. So the Reds are the best thing going right now uh, in baseball, in my opinion, because their games look like college baseball games. That's what, that's what they are. I mean, they just come out. Last night they scored three runs in the first inning. And uh, the Orioles came back and scored four in the bottom of the end. <laughs> and it just looks like it looks like a college baseball game. And, and they didn't have any pitching. And man, they gave they gave the Braves all they wanted. I know all the they wanted two out of three, but yep. man, they fought them. To all they wanted. Yeah, and that's that's I think I think that's the best team in baseball right now is the Atlanta Braves. And I'm saying yep. that as as uh, forgive me uh, as a Yankees fan. But, well, hey, I mean, you know, the, what the Braves do is something that our two organizations don't, because I'm a Phillies fan. They find players, find guys. They lost Freddie Freeman. They were resourceful. They went, to, they went to the A's. They made the deal. They told Freddie Freeman, thank you, but no thank you. Uh, they draft well. They've got one rookie arm on top of another. they got two of them right now that are pitching for them because they have some injuries. And they're winning and they have a modern-day Clemente in right field. He's insane. And, uh, yep. you know, at least at least as a Phillies fan, you have your own uh, Stanton and uh, Schwarber. So Thank you. I, I appreciate you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, who, who, by the way, is only turning 30, and a great phone call by you. Kyle Schwarber, Matt, looks like he's how old? I thought he was like 38. He's 30. <laughs> he looks 35. Y'all, no question. <laughs> it... it it, there are guys at LSU that think Kyle Schwarber's fat and out of shape. That's what it's come to here for him. He can flat out hit a baseball, though. He can't field it and he can't throw it, but he can flat out hit it. Not get an NIL deal and end up at LSU next year. As we continue, we'll do some TLD logistics overdrive. Overtime, presented by my friends at TLD Logistics Online, tldlogistics.com. We continue right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. 
This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. Jason's joining us through the magic and the power of Twitter spaces. Jason, welcome in. Hey, Tony. How are you? Doing great, Jason. Thank you for calling today. I listen. I listen at work. I usually listen on the app. This Twitter space thing is pretty cool. But, uh, I'm going to give you, it's not really a bookism. It's kind of a funny story. So we were at a baseball game. I've gone to baseball games for a long time. But we were at a baseball game, and we were coming out of the garage over there on the Stokely side. And Garantano <laughs> almost stepped out in front of my van. Actually, he did. And I stopped, and I didn't hit him. But my boys were with me. And he was a nice guy, whatever. But we joked for years, if I had hit him, I'd have, uh, Butch Jones would have kept his job. <laughs> God, that's horrendous, man. <laughs> I'd at least bought him a couple more years, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, yeah, probably. I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad you missed. No, so so you had a you had a near encounter with the club, huh? I did. Yeah, he he was a really nice guy. You know, we rolled the window down. And we were like, oh, you know, man. sorry, whatever. But but yeah, I just thought it was a funny story, and we still we still joke about how many coaches' jobs I could have saved. <laughs> Mike, poor that those days when you rolled out there and you were the Vols, and you could only score uh, twenty four points. And when Dixon came up with that, and then we would watch that number during games. And once you hit twenty, once that opponent hit twenty four, the game was over. I don't know about you, Jason, but I don't miss those days, man. Oh, I don't miss those days at all. No, not at all. They but, seem uh, like a hundred years ago too. That's the thing that Heupel's done. Those those days seem like they're a hundred years ago. They do. Yeah, it's a completely different environment now than what it was then. All the way around. Yep. Thank you, yep. brother. Leadership matters, yep. man. Yes, sir. Yep. Leadership absolutely matters. And thank you for uh, Jason for that. Let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. And we'll do a we'll do a TLD logistic overdrive overtime. Hello and welcome into our next call. How my friends and compatriots doing today? Hey, Dub, you're welcome in. Uh, great show so far, Tony. I'm like you, the 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 angels out there. It's like they're on another planet. I don't even know anything about them. I feel so horrible now. Yep. That the 
you know, they got these, this great player that we never see. Yep. So, uh, it's crazy. But, uh, I mean, he's so good, it's nuts. Yeah, and uh, but I do have some positive statistics to bring. I want to congratulate all of our Tennessee Vols and Lady Vols. Uh, we finished sixth in the All Sports Directors Cup, uh, the highest we've ever finished in the nation, number six. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, we were led in points by uh, softball, baseball, and football, but 19 teams uh, contributed points. And, and I believe uh, I believe the uh, the baseball finish jumped Tennessee from number 10 to number 6. And one of the teams they leaped over, I think, was was it Florida? I think it was, according to their release. Florida finished barely ahead of us. Uh, it was somebody. I, I forget. It was a couple North te- Carolina we leaped okay. over. Yeah, uh, and I think Oregon maybe. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people don't know this. Our own Steve Williams, who still writes for the uh, Knoxville Focus, he invented that back in the early 80s. The all-sports trophy basically took the way we did the all-sports SEC and applied it on a national level. Steve Williams invented that? Yes. Wow. And USA Today used to give him credit when it was theirs. Now it's Learfield. What? Sponsor. Yeah. USA Today used to give him credit in there. Steve Williams. So, you know, it was an all-sports trophy. He just took the SEC model and and, and kind of con- converted it to the national level. Had no idea. You talk about something you learn every day. Kadoos to him, man. Yeah, kadoos to him. And in and, and the final coaches baseball poll, we finished number four in the nation, Tennessee, in the final coaches poll. Uh, which I think's great. The Big Ten had zero. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly 
Promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Welly. I've got a very special person on the phone, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I know we got the holiday weekend coming up uh, next week, but uh, what kind of specials you got for us this week? Well, this week we have pork spare ribs, $1.29 a pound, whole boneless ribeye, $5.99 a pound, seedless watermelons, $5.99 each, 24-pack Niagara drinking water, three for 10, Milo's gallon tea, three for 10, and Bunny brand hamburger and hot dog buns two for five. Oh, that sounds great and your hours are your normal hours i assume uh 7 a.m to 9 p.m monday through well seven days a week <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and you guys are located right there in west 7th street and uh i thank you as always miles and uh, tell everybody come on in and you guys are amazing you help people out and uh, we appreciate you talking to us every week and uh, we'll talk to you next week as well okay all righty thank you thank you miles Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.